Hello, everybody. It is your weekly Locked On Big 12 crossover. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. To my right, it is Jake Hatch. He is the host of Locked On Cougars podcast, covers all things BYU. Below him, it is John Williams. He is the host of Locked On Sooners. He talks all things Oklahoma. To his left, below me, it is Linda Godfrey. She is the host of Locked On Pokes, all things Oklahoma State Cowboys. Tonight, we're going to talk about Big 12 quarterbacks and look at some of the questions facing a conference that's really got a lot of questions when it comes to the most important position, some say in all of football and some say in all of sports. So we'll kind of get some thoughts on where guys are in the Big 12 right now in terms of quarterback, who's got the most to prove, who's the best guy going into the season, all that stuff and more coming up on today's show. Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the team is assembled. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, so spring football is ending this week in the Big 12. Everybody's getting their spring games done this week. Jake, when was BYU's? Are they doing a spring game? What's their situation? They have been done for almost a month. They finished up wow. in 31. So we've been done for a hot minute. So some schools aren't doing it. I think Linda did the Oklahoma state. Are they bowing out? Did it injuries? They're doing his practice. Yeah. What's the deal? <laughs> yeah. We don't have enough offensive linemen to hold a scrimmage. So fear hey. number one for 2022 has already been confirmed. BYU did an alumni game of all things, folks. So. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to talk about your depth issues. If you have alumni come and play, <laughs> you know, um, and I, and then obviously with, with, with OU, uh, John, you know, Brent Venables has been pretty out there saying, like, come to the game. Yeah, pack the palace. He even went as far to say, like, I want people that are committed to the program. I expect you to be as committed as the players are. So show up. So he's, he's like, all in calling out Sooners fans. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that kind of got me to the, the really, like, the, the big talking point about this conference. You know, it's pretty wide open. It feels – Wide open at the quarterback spot. Um, there are a lot of questions across this conference at quarterback. There are multiple battles. There's a quarterback battle at a team that won the Big 12 championship, Baylor. Baylor's got, you know, Blake Shapin. They've got Gary Bohannon. They've got Kyron Drones. Um, Max Duggan at TCU is in a quarterback battle. Texas Tech's got three quarterbacks. We're being told there's a quarterback battle at Texas. I'm not really sure anybody here actually believes that. Kansas is a quarterback battle. Uh, and then the other spots there, you know, a lot of got new guys, Quinn Ewers at Texas, Dylan Gabriel at OU, uh, JT Daniels at West Virginia, Adrian Martinez at Kansas state. So th the quarterback position is very much in flux this year. And uh, I would, Linda, I'll go to you first. You know, you, you would cover the team with the kind of reigning defending big 12 first team quarterback who everybody's like, why isn't he better than he actually is? Yeah, it's amazing how much hate he still gets, uh, just even from like Oklahoma State fans. But here's the thing, like when he has games like he had against Baylor, both games, by the way, against Baylor were his worst, worst games of the season. That gets remembered, but the way that he played, like especially in the second half of that bowl game against Notre Dame, doesn't get talked about at all. We ignore the highs completely. I think anybody does, especially when it's a high, low roller coaster kind of, player it's easy to focus on the lows 
but we have got to pay attention to what his ceiling can be. If he could string together, God, nine games. If he could string together nine games, I would game. be. I know, Nine's but like three is. <laughs> I'm I'm asking for a lot, but he had middle of the season last year. I think he had a four, three to four game stretch. So I'm just saying, I, I know it's there if he can figure out the decision making. But it may be, you know, I've been begging for this for several years now. It may be uh, too far gone of an issue. Uh, John, I was I was talking to Eli Letterman the other day, who now covers he covered Oklahoma State last year. Now it covers OU with Tulsa World. I asked him, I said, hey, who is the best quarterback going into 2022? And he said, Spencer Sanders. Uh, I am on Dylan Gabriel. Uh, what say you, John? Do you think Dylan, Dylan Gabriel is best quarterback? And also, you may define best however you'd like to define it. Yeah, I think you look at what he's bringing to the table, just the experience and the production, albeit at UCF. It's hard not to argue that Dylan Gabriel is the best quarterback heading into the 2022 season. I think there's still going to be questions uh, because he's taking a step up in competition. He's going to have to run the gambit of a Big 12 schedule that he didn't have to have in the American. And I think he's going to be good. He's also going to have an you know, improved cast of characters around him as far as the offensive line goes, the, the wide receivers. But it is going to be a, a tougher conference to play in. But I think just the skill set, the situation that he's landing in, the talent around him, I, I think he's the best quarterback in the Big 12. But I thought we had the best quarterback in the Big 12 last year as well, and uh, we saw how that worked out. So a lot of a lot of things on, on no, paper. You just had Oklahoma. the second best quarterback in the Big 12 on your bench. Yeah, and is- I mean, it's and it didn't it didn't win in the conference. So right. I mean, you had arguably both the top two quarterbacks, and they still didn't win the conference. So a lot of things look good on paper for Oklahoma, especially at the quarterback position, but. I, I'm ready to see it play out on the field. Um, I think Spencer Sanders does bring a lot to the table with his experience, but like Linda said, he's a roller coaster ride. Over at Sooners Wire, I compared him to the Texas Giant down there at Six Flags. Mm. A lot of highs, a lot of lows. It's a lot of fun sometimes, but by the end of the roller coaster, your head hurts, your back aches. That's the Spencer <laughs> Sanders experience. Can I ask a question about Dylan Gabriel? Yes. Do you think he's actually six foot? Because he looks shorter on film. No, he's probably a a, a nice uh, Kyler Murray five eleven and a half. Uh, is Kyler? Are we gonna say? Uh, I think Kyler, Kyler Murray's Murray is like five nine. eleven. This is awesome. No, so five eleven and a half for Kyler Murray. <laughs> he's he's a me five ten. No, it's it's. Yeah, I don't know. He might be six foot. I don't know. It's hard to tell when okay. these guys are lined up he's behind big, he's six got some, foot four offensive line. He's built like Baker. You know, yeah. or, or well, he's like, not quite yeah. Jalen, but he's kind of built like Baker was. He he is built like Baker because he's six. Today. He's listed at six foot two hundred, and so I would say like more often than not, the weight's accurate. The height is not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you oh, kind yeah. of drop the weight down. You're like, oh, that's a pretty thick, dude. And it's not. It's not like baby fat. Like my yeah. driver's license. Just kidding. I also <laughs> lied about my height. <laughs> Um, no, but I but in in summation, I really like what Dylan Gabriel brings to the table, and I think he's going to be a really good fit with a guy like Marvin Mims in particular, somebody who can has right. a really nice deep ball and has a good touch. So I'm excited what Dylan Gabriel is going to bring to the table, leadership, experience, production. It's going to be good. So, uh, Jake, I'll ask you as somebody who's an outsider here, um, you know, your thoughts on this conversation. Also, like as, as somebody who covers BYU, you know, and just had Zach Wilson, like, you know, if we get this thing right, we can come into the league with the best quarterback if, if things kind of break correctly for us, right? I mean, it's it's not out of the it's not out of the realm of possibility that if, if BYU gets the right kind of player at one point in time, they could go into the conference and have one of the best three or four QBs because well, the, the, the position's kind of in flux. 
the thing about BYU is they've got Jaron Hall coming back for what is right. expected his redshirt junior season. He's for all intents and purposes, this is going to be his final year in Provo, but he'd be one of the top quarterbacks going into the Big 12 if you were going to stick around for another year when BYU goes into the conference. I can tell you this much. Just going back to the Dylan Gabriel thing for a minute, I was at the uh, the uh, bowl game that Zach Wilson played against UCF. Dylan Gabriel was the starting quarterback for UCF that night. I saw the two of them stand together. I've stood next to Zach Wilson enough. I know that he is all of six foot two. If Dylan Gabriel is more than five foot ten, I will be stunned. Let me just... <laughs> Let me just insert that there. Uh, but regardless, he's a good quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. Is, yeah. I think the biggest thing for BYU in, in this circumstance is BYU's question mark is going to be after this upcoming season, who is going to succeed Jaron Hall? They had a great run with Zach Wilson. Jaron Hall looks like he's the next great quarterback to come out of BYU. But there is a massive question mark. Spring ball, there was a lot of looking at who's the backup behind Jaron Hall and who might be the quarterback going into the Big 12. There is a big fat question mark for that position right now for BYU. And that's a concern as they get ready for big 12 play in 2023. Linda, let me toss it back to you on the, who do you think the best quarterback is going into the big 12 season? I mean, do you, th- do you think Spencer retains the title? Cause he's been there before and it's, it's, it's right to think it's a, you know, he, he's going to make the jump and Dylan Gabriel hasn't played in this conference before. And this is not the old big 12 defense is kind of the name of the game right now. What do you think? I think right now, based on, on how I'm going to define best is like, Nobody else has played in the Big 12 for several years uh, and and been confirmed the starter. I just think where he at where he's at veteran wise and like experience wise puts him at best for me. Does it mean he'll be the best by week three even? No, but there are a lot of quarterbacks with a lot of potential whose coaches even we haven't seen prove themselves coaching in the Big 12. So uh, there's just too many question marks for me to name anybody else, but there's certainly potential for him to get uh, overtaken within week one or two. I mean, if Spencer Sanders can play yeah. like he played against Notre Dame, then yeah, yeah he's he's arguably. But it's not even that. It's just he needs to do, he needs to do seventy five percent of that, or eighty five percent of the time is what he needs to do. Or that's what he has the way to do. He played, not play the way he played in the first half against Baylor. Exactly, it's what I'm saying. It's like okay, give me seventy percent of you against Notre Dame going crazy. 85% of the time and we're good. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the big problem for him. And I think that you know th- this is the kind of the, the big this point is here. Fun, guys. Well, I'm just saying look, looking at the big Sorry. 12 football standings Sorry. for last year. All right, like, like or let's like, say think about this this uh, 2020 standings we got pulled up for some reason. 2021. Okay. Baylor. All right, so this is Linda's point about returning returning quarterbacks. Baylor brings back Gary Bohannon. I've mentioned this today. I'll say it again. I'm not sure they're better off without with him at quarterback. Everybody talks about him as a leader, but like we all watched Ole Miss game, right? Sucked, awful, horrible, you know. And then you know had some moments in other games too. It wasn't wasn't great. Blake Shapin gives gives a, a you know a different kind of dimension just in terms of talent wise. Spencer Sanders, at Oklahoma State, there's number two guy. Dylan Gabriel is now in at OU. Hunter Decker is at Iowa State. Adrian Martinez at Kansas State. West Virginia, we think it's going to be JT Daniels. Texas, Quinn Ewers. TCU, the only other guy that we can talk about being entrenched as a starter, Max Duggan, is in a fight for the job with Chandler Morris. All right, go rest the way down the line. Texas Tech, they've got guys who, you know, they've got two guys in in Tyler Shuck and Donovan Smith who played some last year, and then one of the best recruits they've ever had in Baron Morton, and I'm, I don't know who's going to win that job. And you can't say any three of those guys were entrenched as a starter last year 
Also, I don't, I'm, you know, you could maybe make the argument Jason Bean was at Kansas, but I actually think Jay, I think Jalen Daniels is a, is a good quarterback, and I, I really think he's like a better option. But actually, I'm glad KU's got two decent options of quarterback. It's very thumbs up for, for KU. Amazing. So, like, Linda, you're totally right. He, in terms of, in, of those he's the have, only for sure returning quarterback who was a full-time starter last year. Yeah, and how many of those with question marks at quarterback also have new head coaches? Like, yeah. The, the thing with Baylor is I don't think it matters because their offensive coordinator is a genius. Yes. And uh, then beyond that, it's just like a bunch of newbies. Uh, Jake, Jake, Jake very much knows that their offensive coordinator is a genius. And so is their offensive line coach. Yeah, he's very familiar <laughs> with those two gentlemen. Hey, the grime dog and Eric Mateo. That's what we called him. We called him Jeff Grimes, the grime dog when he was out here. <laughs> The grand dog. It, it, it fits, but they are very, very good at what they do. I am very interested to see what Baylor does because Gary Bohannon was yeah. like last year, but you're right. There are a number of quote-unquote entrenched guys who have got all kinds of opportunities. The guy I am most intrigued with, and if you want a newcomer, JT Daniels. What yeah. is it all about really? Because USC, he had his moments. Georgia, it seemed like he had a moment, but – We'll see what happens. He's reuniting with Graham Harrell out there in Morgantown. I'm really intrigued to see what he does. Let's let's hit that one second. Uh, Bill Barr. Today's show is brought to you by Bill Barr because I want to. I want to. I want to. I think you hit a point that we are, we're all going to get to because he's the guy I'm looking at right now. Uh, go to built.com. It's built.com. Promo code locked fifteen for fifteen percent off at built.com today. Bill Barr's got 130 calories. Four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. I think they still have that. Uh, go to built.com today. Once again, built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com on their built bars, built go, built boost, all of those things. Check it out, built.com. All right. So this brings up the kind of the next question. And, and, and I thought about this today like, which Big 12 quarterback has the most on the line? For them this year, but I mean, you think about this like in terms of a career sense, right? Quinn Ewers has time left. Um, Spencer Sanders went to a Big Twelve championship game, so maybe it doesn't like totally work out. You know, I think at worst it ends in like you know they win eight games this year and whatever. He was an average quarterback at the end of the, end of the year. Dylan Gabriel still has success behind him. JT Daniels is a guy that is a five star talent, no doubt. Uh, was was part of the you know think about this part of the Trevor Lawrence class right Justin Fields class those guys are going into year number two in the NFL when he is going to be playing this year in 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 West Virginia he goes to a place where he is reuniting with his college uh, his, his first OC Graham Harrell but the talent has got me I'm really really concerned about the talent level that West Virginia has this is not a team where I think you know. He, I imagine the reason why he's going there is obviously Graham Harrell, but like that's a lot of faith to put in your OC, especially when I'm not really sure who the guys are and be gonna, you know, they're gonna be catching passes from you or blocking for you or running the football behind you. They've got a lot of questions, and to me, this is the guy because of the talent level. You know, you might say Quinn Ewers, Texas, whatever, but like this, this is a guy, JT Daniels, who as a five-star talent, you know, who's really never gotten the chance to show himself. Like this is it. This this is this is make or break. You know, I'm sure if things go average for him this year, he might still have a pro career. But if we're gonna talk about JT Daniels, the talent, the player who's got X amount of ability. You know, got w- named with guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. This is it. I mean, Linda, is there a case for anybody else 
with the most pressure on them besides him. No, I don't think so. And I think it's a lot of pressure. And like you said, West Virginia's team is, is not good. And I don't trust the coach at all. It was a, a very interesting decision, but like my only note was, I guess he's following his offensive coordinator. Cause that was, that's like the only thing that makes any right. sense at all. Yeah. It's yeah. It, right. Like, like the weapons, you know, like Missouri's got better weapons. Uh, Oregon, I think Oregon state was another one, but like Oregon state plays in a worse conference. So, you know, the Pac-12 North, you know, besides Utah and, and Oregon's obviously there too, but like people like what Jonathan Smith's doing. Nobody it. wants to go to Corvallis, Oregon. Let's be real. about Well, it. <laughs> Hey, they're building the new stadium allegedly uh, after Jonathan Smith blew up the old one. Um, I mean, John, any argument for Quinn Ewers here? I mean, you could say Quinn Ewers, but it's a different kind of pressure. It's not yeah. the same. It's a, it is a different kind of pressure, and then they just landed. I, I'm going to butcher his name, Aguirre Hall from Alabama. I, uh, I think it's and so. I think it's Ajay. Thank you, Ajay. Um, the the pressure just continues to mount as they add talent. You know, Bajan Robinson's going into his last year. Got Xavier Worthy. There's there's high expectations that are growing into at Texas. I mean, I don't think reasonable people are going to go in and expect him to lead them to a big 12 championship this year, but you can already see the the writing on the wall a little bit with some people as they, I mean, even national analysts they're they're seeing all the talent that's amassing at Texas. And they're like, Oh, Texas, watch out, Texas. Um, I think there is pressure on Dylan Gabriel because the hype has been there for three months now. He's replacing Caleb Williams. And I mean, he's the guy that's supposed to, uh, you know, like make us all feel much better that they lost to their five-star quarterbacks to the transfer portal. I've, I kind of like the West Virginia situation a little bit. I know I'm going to be in the minority there, but I mm-hmm. love West Virginia's defense, especially the defensive front. I think that's going to take some of the pressure off the offense to have to be out there putting up 30, 40 points a game. I think they're going to win some games where it's maybe 24, 20, you know, things like that, where the defense keeps them in a lot of games and JT Daniels and whatever that offense looks like is going to be able to have time to put up points. They're not going to have to run up the score to stay in game. So I think that is really, really interesting, but yeah, it's, it's hard to put, you know, the, the title of the the quarterback with the most pressure on one guy. Cause I feel like there's a lot of guys they are going to have a lot of pressure on them. I I think Gary Bohannon's another one. If things aren't looking great off the jump, Blake Shapin who performed well in the big 12 championship game, he's just sitting there ready and waiting. So there's a lot of guys that have some pressure on them in different ways. Uh, but I do think Quinn Ewers is going to have a lot of pressure on him because of the hype that's followed him from high school to Ohio State, now to Texas, the NIL deals, and just what Texas is generally speaking. But he hasn't played a snap team. yet. That's my thing. Is he hasn't? He's not. He hasn't played yet. Oh, did he play it all last year? I'm not even sure he got into any. Games. I'm not sure if he played any games. He didn't play any meaningful snaps, at least. But still, like, what is being expected of this guy? It, it's well, similar to. It, it's similar to Spencer Rattler when he came as you know, became the starter and took over for Jalen Hurts. Even though he'd been in the program a year, when he took over, the expectations were high. Like people were even talking about him as a Heisman contender that first year that he started, even though it might have been an outside shot. And then going into year two, especially like the expectation was the Big Twelve, the, the Oklahoma was going to contend for the Big Twelve, and they were going to win the Heisman, or he was going to win the Heisman. Now, Quinn Ewers might not be at that spot because we got Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud that are leading the way there. But, I mean, he's coming to Texas with a lot of hype, and the expectations are going to be high. Will they win the Big 12 championship? Probably not. But I think 
if they don't get to eight or nine wins, I think a lot of people will view it as a disappointment for Texas this year. I, I agree with you on that. I'm just saying like he is three years younger than JT Daniels. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so I, I think when, when you talk about like, okay, you know, for a, for a guy personally, like this is, this is it. it it's really it for him. And he's a five-star kid. And, but, I, what, but for him, like what, like he's got nothing to lose at this point. His like his stock. I, I'd say he's got everything to lose. He's got a, he's got a pro career to lose. Because I mean, if, does, if it doesn't if it doesn't go well for him, he's got injuries and a bad year at West Virginia show to, for, to pro scouts. For Quinn Ewers, if it sucks and he gets benched, what's to stop him from pulling a Spencer Rattler and going somewhere else and playing? Oh, for sure. So like he's, he's got, got time. time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would. Time. I would. Say, yes, I would say from a total total standpoint. And look, I'm somebody who thinks I I actually I am the camp that Texas should be competing for a Big 12 championship this season. Where the conference is, where their talent is, they should be there right now. And it would be a disappointment, that, that, that's sure. But like, also what I could tell you next year at this time when you and I are talking is that he is now 20 years old. And so he's still like a pretty young kid at that point in time. This is it for JT. And he needs to deliver something if he wants to have a pro career on kind of the, the package that was promised. Now I will say this, you know, Look, let's not leave out Max Duggan, you know, who's, I guess the pressure on him is on him right now, right? He's got to win this job. You know, what's, what's his future look like in a, in a power five team? If he can't win this job, I'm sure he finds a place, but it's probably not somewhere really nice. Adrian Martinez. Good Lord. Does he have a stink to wipe off himself too? You know, after, you know, West Virginia, uh, Nebraska, best three and nine team ever, right? Lost so many close games. Okay. I mean, what does that mean? You know, can you right. go win some games at yeah. Kansas state? I think there's there's a lot of pressure on a lot of these guys this year. Like this is a this is a pressure packed a pressure packed conference because there's so many question marks uh, about a lot of these quarterbacks. It makes it more fun. I, I just once again think that JT's situation, and and also this is why I don't love the pick for him. Like I don't feel like you know when it's all on the line right here, you're really putting your faith in a lot in, in one man to help you do this thing. It's, it's your college. It's, it's your first OC. So. Uh, Jake, where do you come down on this kind of conversation about where the pressure lands, uh, you think? Well, I'm kind of with John. Each different circumstance has a different type of pressure. Mm. But the, the, the thing with Texas is when the ESPN FPI has you as the number five team, if I'm not saying it was number five or number six, you're expected to be at the top of your conference. But we've all seen Texas. They're back. They're fall flat on their face. They're back. Fall flat on their face. What's to stop that from happening again this year? Who knows? But that's gonna that's a, it's a it's a crazy amount of pressure for the Longhorns. Sark is under pressure. Quinn Ewers is under pressure. The entire Longhorn uh, program is under an undue amount of pressure that I don't know that they necessarily can live up to right, this year. I, I'm with John. If you don't win eight or nine games. Mm-hmm. This is going to be looked at as an abject failure this year, and we're coming off a five and seven season. Man, I don't envy anything going on with the Longhorns. the The, the interesting part will be, I think Oklahoma State uh, Spencer Sanders. Yeah, we talked about the entrenched starter circumstance for him. Well, he's got to emerge and be the consistent force. And I know Linda's probably shaking her head. He needs to be the consistent uh, force that we all think that he can be. If he's that, Oklahoma State's going to be really, really good. But the the issue is, can he be that? Consistent guy. So I'm with John. Every single one of these, you can look at every situation and say there's a different type of pressure on it. But I think the biggest pressure, it's absolutely going to be on Texas because when that FPI is projecting you to be a top 10 team in the country, it, man, 
you, you can be able to live up to that after a five and seven season. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, it's a, it's a great question. It's which makes it pretty fascinating this year. Uh, all right. One more quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by rock auto and RockAuto.com. The ever increasing number of makes and models. It's now impossible to find uh, what you need at your local auto parts store or car dealership. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more at those places when you guys can go to rockauto.com? Today, it's a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com today, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so last one around the table here. Who is the quarterback that at the end of the year you guys could see putting their team in a position where, you know, I was just say in a big 12 championship game and we're like, damn, we should have seen this coming. I'll give you guys a chance. Okay. John's already got one. All right, John, go ahead. JT Daniels. I really think that this is my bold prediction for this season nice. is that West Virginia will be in the big 12 championship game because mm. of defense and JT Daniels. I'm throwing it out there. Bold prediction. This is like, Hey, I'm putting my, I'll pin in that one. So I, I think that, like you talked about, the talent is there at quarterback. If they And we know at, at different times, West Virginia has had good skill players. Um, mm-hmm. Even last year when they weren't a really good team, they still had a pretty good running back in Letty Brown. Like this is a team that can collect good skill position players. So I'm intrigued by that. And I think that JT Daniels' talent can help them be a good enough offense for that defense, especially that defensive front with Dante Stills and Akeem Mesidor. Like, that they're going to be legit up front and potentially have one of the best defensive fronts in the nation, I think, this year. And, and that's going to help them kind of reach some highs that maybe people aren't expecting in 2022. All right. Uh, Linda, do you have somebody in mind? Yeah, but I'm a little mad that I'm not going to get to talk about Jalen Daniels because I can't I can't boldly predict that. Yes, KU we need to talk about Jalen Daniels. <laughs> but I do. I am really I do think Jalen Daniels wins that. Yes. Uh, quarterback competition exactly. and i am excited to watch ku and kind of what they put together especially after last season when they had those close games but i will say gary bohannon who i think got quite a bit of hate this podcast but that baylor team is going to be good regardless and i wouldn't be surprised if they show up again in uh the big 12 championship he he just needs to get like 20 percent better and then i i look like an idiot and i'll be like okay yeah. i was i was right it's just like there's no Abram Smith behind you. So it's a bit more on the quarterback. And if, when it's a bit more on the quarterback, who would I rather have in the foxhole? You know, leader, maybe Gary Bahanna, but player, I'd say Blake Shaven. That's where I'm at. That's my, that's my, it's just my, that's my, fair. That's fair. But I feel like, you know, at least eight things I've said today are going to be wrong. And I'll look at the complete idiot. Does no, <laughs> does not know the big 12. Jake, do you have somebody? So my first two choices were already taken. I had JT Daniels. Like, okay, Gary Bohannon's good one. Okay, this is just like a fan fiction type thing for me, but <laughs> we're going to learn a lot about what ne- the state of Nebraska football is simply due to the fact of watching what Adrian Martinez does at yeah. Kansas State. I'm, I'm not saying that Kansas State is going to make a – well, they could. They could make the dream run to the, to the Big 12 title game, but if he is – the guy that he was projected to be coming out of high school, he's a California kid and was thought of as a very uh, highly thought of quarterback. And the thought was that Scott Frost was going to absolutely unleash him. And it's just, it never materialized there in Lincoln. If he goes out and has 
not, maybe they're not even a, a, a season that leads them to the Big 12 title game, but they get to bowl eligibility or something like that. And Adrian Martinez, I think we'll learn a lot about if, if it was Scott Frost or Adrian Martinez. So that's the interesting thing for me is to watch Kansas State and find out how it reflects back on good or bad for what Nebraska is right now. All right, so mine is Donovan Smith from Texas Tech. Um, this kid's got the goods. This kid's got the goods. He's 6'5". He's like 230. Um, the Iowa State game last year, man, he lit it on fire in that game. He almost beat Baylor. I, I think at this point with his with his age, with where he's at, I think he's got – let me go check this really fast. I think he's got um, a at least two more years – of eligibility left. Let's see. Coming this season, so he's te- he's less than a. Okay. He's got he's got three more years of eligibility left after the season. Six five two thirty. Donovan Smith. This kid, you know, I was actually talking about this today with somebody else. If you took Tyler Shuck, who's on the roster fighting for the job, if you took Donovan Smith and you took Graham Harrell and you put them together and you were like, okay, um, I'm an NFL scout. Which player do I want the most? Graham Harrell's number three. All right, Graham Harrell is number three because of, of the physical traits of the other two guys. Donovan Smith, to me, has got the juice at that position in a way that he can run, he can throw, he can throw on the run. And I think because of his youth, because you get three more seasons with a Donovan Smith, I think he's just the right guy uh, at this point in time. Last year, once again, small sample size for him. But what we did see out of him, I really like. 25 32 for 322, three touchdowns against Iowa State. All right. 15 for 23 for 262 and two scores against Baylor. Bowl game, 15 for 28 for 252 and a touchdown. Also ran for one as well in a game they lit up a motivated Mississippi State. If Texas Tech's there and Donovan Smith's lighting the world on fire and we're like, this was the guy all along, I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked at all in what feels like a wide open conference this year. So that's where I'm going. If anybody has got anything. You want to add on that? No, I like him. That's that's who I think should be the starter at Texas Tech. I think yeah. he gives, like you said, just a lot of different elements. And with that size, it provides kind of a Cam Newton-like physicality yeah. that he can bring to their rushing attack as well. And I think I think he's going to be a fan favorite down there in Lubbock after this season. It just shows you there's so many interesting quarterbacks. It's just like across the board, man. There's just a lot of different uh, interesting directions that we can go. All right, except so for, except oh, for God. Iowa State, except for at Iowa State, uh, people, I, I people think Hunter Deckers though. I disagree. People think Hunter Deckers can be good. No. I watched some today. He looked okay. First of all, he seems fun, which is like I was so over <laughs> Brock Purdy. Thing. I was done. I was done with Brock Purdy. He seems fun, and I like. I don't like Iowa State, but I watched some of him at practice and some of their spring game. Kid can scoot. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know what's interesting because they just He's got a great kid. They just got a kid, JJ Cole. He does who's throw a, a little four high. St- who's a four star? I think. I think Decker's also is a four star. So say what you want about what Iowa State is, but but they're still getting they're getting quarterbacks there, and they still have JJ. Matt Campbell. Let's also yes, Matt right. Campbell. The dude just gets results. Like it's, I, this, I, this is going to be the eight and four season this year. Everybody's like, wait, they went seven and five last season with eight and four this year, which yeah. is like, you know, it's just one of those weird things. But the, everybody's, this is the talk of the offseason. Matt Campbell has got everybody right where they want to. We did not touch on Iowa State once. I, I mentioned Hunter Deckers earlier today, and I guarantee you in December, we'll be like, okay, Oklahoma versus Iowa State, Big 12 championship game. Can't wait. Matt Campbell's got him back there. Um, uh, okay, so what? Last thing, last thing we have to touch on today. 
John, you can mute yourself if you want to. Did everybody see Colin Coward's comments today about uh, – <laughs> going to do it. Um, uh, so he – so uh, let, me, let me go read the actual tweet today because this, this was abs- – this was this was gold. I, I put it to all of you guys. Um, he's clearly doing a, a bit now, which is the one thing that I, I think we have to all have to understand. Uh, okay, why is it my thing? It's not. Bits are supposed to be funny. Yeah, this like is, I, I find this actually funny. I I think the fact that people are yeah. are so triggered by this, I find this hilarious. He's playing right, so, the role of the ostentatious USC fan perfectly. Let me be very which clear. which which. Let's be honest. He went to Eastern Washington, which makes this even funnier. Yeah. Um, this is what Colin Coward said. "Quote: Feel bad for at OU football, USC. That he doesn't even tag USC. Just tags OU. USC going to need about eighteen months, and they'll be flying past them, around them." Over them, this recruiting class will be otherworldly. Best offensive HC in college with these weapons. Can't quit smiling. Um, <laughs> so John, 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 John's blocked Colin Goward. Is correct? Yes, I can't stand the dude. He was obnoxious before Lincoln Riley went to USC. It's gotten to a hundred since Lincoln Riley's gotten to USC, and the reason. The only reason he cares about Lincoln Riley is because he's at USC because he's in a West Coast media market. I think because it's because I think it's because OU fans react. I think he it's did. actually what well, it is. Yes, he's definitely playing the Stephen A. Smith. I'm going to get the Dallas Cowboys fans to react thing very well for Fox Sports with Colin Coward and Lincoln Riley and USC and Oklahoma. It's it's stupid. It's entertaining for sure if you're not part of it. I just the thing that I find obnoxious about it is this guy is viewed as a a media icon like he's got a big media show he's part of the major media he's been doing this for 20 30 years and then he stoops to the lowest common denominator of entertainment and it's just super frustrating it's part of the reason i can't watch first take with Stephen a smith or whatever the shouted out loud show is with skip bayless and shannon sharp it's just <laughs> lowest common denominator sports talk that just just it, it cheapens everything that legitimate reporters legitimate news people and media people are trying to do it's not legitimate though it's a bit he's doing a bit he's doing a bit but not everybody like sees that they're like it's no you know who doesn't see it oklahoma fans oklahoma fans have missed my guy dusty dvorak today did 15 minutes on this stuff to start the show it's like who do you think he's he added ou football for a reason why is there no at for USC football? Because he knows all of you all right. are like so we're so angry about this. No. You guys are saying it's hilarious. It's Colin Coward doesn't know anything about football. Colin, it's the professional me, wrestling Colin. of sports media. And it's he, I love professional but what wrestling. Does he know about college football? He's, he's playing the heel perfectly and it's working and it's got me triggered. And I wasn't gonna talk about it on the show, but here I am, Josh. It's got me started. But like, because like, Jake, Jake here's the thing, it. it's it's like Jake, the, the the one thing that I think everybody's missing through all this is like, okay. They're going to be the Pac-12, so they're probably going to win nine games, right? They'll probably win nine games in the next couple of years or so. I don't want to hear about Arizona. Jed Fish doing a great job. We love. I love Jonathan Smith. He's great. You know, Stanford here they come. Great recruiting class. Like, no, like just stop it. They're going to if if USC is USC or even even the third what US you know two thirds what USC used to be. They should go nine and three, and they should probably win the Pac-12 South. They should probably be in the, the Pac-12 championship game. All right. The one thing I don't think anybody's talking about is why why are we not mentioning the fact that the problems for Lincoln Riley's teams at Oklahoma will probably persist at USC? Defensive line. The people aren't big enough on the team. They can't they can't compete. 
in those situations. It's like everybody's complaining about this. Like, you know, actually this is just some, some like, you know, like Colin Coward, everything. He's, he is not once acknowledged that, you know, the great recruiting class. Yeah. Where are, where are the 350 pound kids playing defensive tackle? You know, we're the 290 kids playing on the edges. They're like, playing at Utah. Let's, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you straight. Right, Kyle straight Whittingham has got them. Yeah. Kyle Whittingham does have them. That's the thing. Yes, though. that's fair. Yeah. So I'm, I'm out here. I'm in Pac 12 country. And I can tell you this much Utah is salivating at the coverage that USC is getting because it lets uh, be you who are the defending Pac 12 South and Pac 12 champions overall. They just sit back and say, yeah. Give him do all. You, the do you think Kyle Whittingham sticking around just to kick Ealing Riley's ass a couple times? Um, there's part of that probably. Kyle, Kyle loves nothing more than to play spoiler, and he loves yeah, not being talked about. It. He loves having that locker room material, the bulletin board material for his team. You can guarantee the University of Utah is eating this up. They're going to use it. And the funny thing about that, you got if you're Kyle Whittingham, you're any other coach in the Pac-12, you're any other coach in the nation, you're all about him talking about Lincoln Riley and USC. It just takes a lot of the attention away from you, puts the attention on USC, ratchets the pressure on them. So when they fall flat on their face, guess what? You can kind of emerge and be like, Hey, we're the surprise story. Uh, Linda, do you, are you just, you love it. I mean, Colin Coward also dabbles in the NFL circle. Very much dabbles in NFL circles. Baker love Baker. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I have to be. I'm so over Baker Mayfield and OU fans that turned Cleveland fans when Baker was a Cleveland fan, and now he's not going to be in Cleveland anymore. So now OU fans hate him. So that's on my Twitter timeline. And then Lincoln Riley constantly being in the news cycle keeps OU fans on my timeline. John, it's partly your fault. I'm just saying, but I <laughs> I don't give a shit about Lincoln Riley <laughs> anymore. I'm so done. I'm so done. So that's why it's like not funny and to me. Just anymore, when I I'm think done. I'm done, Cal- Colin Cowherd sucks me back in. Yeah, yeah see, <sighs> I can't do it anymore, man. And I, and it's I, been like, I, I was, it's been like I was four having months. a great day, and then Josh has to share in the group. I DM think it's hilarious that all these OU fans are so mad about what Colin Cowherd has to say about their program, which he does not know a thing about. No, yeah. He doesn't it's, know anything about Oklahoma great. football. It's great. It's super fun. It's so it's so great. I find I love, it hilarious. It's, it's like it's like, it. you know what? That, like, okay, I fun. work with Dan Dockich every week. I don't take him seriously all the time. All yeah. right. I it's it's just like Colin Cowherd knows what he's doing. And yeah. if you're like, you know what, this guy doesn't know about OU football, it's fine. This yeah. guy's not gonna be like, Did you see Kansas State versus Oklahoma? Oklahoma only beat him by ten. He's not gonna be doing that this oh, year. Oh yeah, he is. Oh, no, he's he not. Yes, he he's is. not. He's not. He's going to be He'll tracking check the box score. He'll check the box score. Exactly. Like, Caleb Williams threw for 350 this week against right. Utah or against yep. Utah State. Didn't and watch the game. Didn't watch the, the game. And then he'll be, be like, oh, they let Deuce. Who's Deuce Vaughn? Went for 200 yards against Oklahoma. And well, meanwhile, we all know Deuce Vaughn's like the best running back in the Big 12. Is going to be a, you know, Darren Sproles in the NFL. And he's gonna do this every single week. Yep. Just be prepared for it because it's gonna be great money. It's gonna it's gonna bring ratings. It's gonna piss you off, John. He it's likes all about it. money. Yeah, it's gonna be. Why all do you think money. on April nineteenth he's like, you know what? I haven't done in a while. I haven't riled up That's Oklahoma right. fans yeah. in a few weeks. And I was at having, OU I, football. I was having a fine day. At, so Josh decided at I'm gonna OU block football. Josh from now on. <laughs> Bring that calling coward me. stuff into my time. I think it's hilarious. I think if you like, I'm not giving him credit. I just think he's. He's poked the bear and he succeeded. Yeah, All right, everybody, t- time for plugs. Uh, Jake, where can everybody find you and your work and all of its variety? 
Let me just say, I am very mad that Steven Simcox didn't show up for this show because, as you can tell, I'm wearing my jazz gear just to irk him a little bit because it's oh, the no. Dallas Mavericks against the Jazz in the playoffs right now. So I, one now. I, I'm, I'm sad that he didn't show up for that. We were going to talk some trash. But regardless, you can find all my work. I am on Twitter. Jacob C. Hatch is my personal handle. You can follow Locked On Cougars wherever you get your podcasts. We've been on YouTube for a grand total of two and a half weeks and have a great time there as well. So just search out Locked On Cougars on YouTube. And, of course, you can follow it on social media, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. John, where can they find the non-Colin Cowherd-related content? Colin Coward is the Vince McMahon to OU's uh, The Rock slash Stone Cold. Like, he's just saying what he can to get under the fan's skin. And we need Brent Venables to come in and give him a good Stone Cold stunner and a chair, pour some a beer chair, on him. A steel chair yeah. to the back of the head. That's right. Sorry for all the pro wrestling, wrestling references. Um, yeah, you can find Locked On Sooners wherever you get your podcasts on Twitter at Locked On Sooners, on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast, and on YouTube as well. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams for more great pro ref- wrestling references. And don't worry about seeing Colin Coward tweets on your timeline because I won't retweet those because yeah. I don't see them. Until Josh shows him to me. Thanks, yeah, Josh. That's, that's very true. Uh, fine. <laughs> Linda, what kind of you know niche punter content do we have? USFL Fantasy League content do you have going on? Well, I thought we should highlight that next week we're going to talk about how uh, six of the Big 12 teams have new place kickers. That'll be a fun conversation. That's true. And, uh, but you can find me on Twitter. Pressure on quarterbacks. How about the place kickers this year? <laughs> Jesus. You said, you said most important player, and I thought we were talking about kickers. So kind of threw me for a loop on the quarterback thing. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians. The show is Locked on Pokes on all your podcast uh, listening apps and locked underscore on underscore pokes on Twitter. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you guys get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Team. It was fun. We'll see you guys next time on the herd. I hate you.